Hi, this is Violet Lang. Welcome to my podcast, The Pleasure Path, all about love, dating, relationships, and femininity. I help successful spiritual women find their pleasure and their power to create healthy partnership. If you feel like love is just out of reach, this episode is for you. Learn how using archetypes can bring love even closer to you. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Pleasure Path. So many men and women that I work with want to draw love closer to them. They might see that other people experience love. They might have an idea that that's possible for them but their day-to-day lived experience is not as rich or deep or full of romantic love as they would like. And a lot of the people I work with have already done tons of personal growth, spiritual growth. They've tried a a bunch of different things. So it's not like they have this desire that they haven't been acting on. But usually in the coaching world, there's so much of a focus on mindset and perspective shifts And that's great. I mean, we all need to open our mind and think about things in different ways. Having epiphanies or new insights has definitely catapulted my life forward in different areas. But what I find is that the transformation is not sustained unless we make it embodied. So what I mean by this is you might have the insight, oh, if I want to draw love closer to me, I need to embody love. I need to be more loving. And you might be out in the world and think, okay, I'm going to be more loving. I'm going to be more open. But just guiding yourself to be more loving and more open is normally not enough. If you don't know how to, on a nervous system level, on a behavior level, actually be that love that you're, that you're seeking. So instead of thinking, oh yeah, I've got to do this one thing because I want more love. We want to radically change how we show up in the world to call that love closer to us. So imagine instead of having to remind yourself to be open to love, imagine if you walked through the world full of saunter and full of sway, full of mystery and vulnerability, open-hearted but deeply connected to your body and your pleasure and your truth, that you just knew that you could set healthy boundaries when you needed to, but that you didn't need to shut love down preemptively out of fear or old patterns and old conditioning. Imagine walking through spaces and thinking, oh, like there are so many attractive people here, or yeah, of course people are interested in me. I have so much to offer and I feel beautiful and powerful and and really valued when it comes to dating and relating. So the problem is not, again, that we don't have the right mindset. Oftentimes we do, but we don't have the practice to put that mindset into into place. And the best way to bring love closer to you is through archetypes. Now, you may have heard of archetypes through like a mythology course or learning about Jungian theory. And those are all true. That's one way to think about archetypes. But I like to think about archetypes as a very personal tool. And instead of thinking you have to embody an archetype like the queen or the king, to invite you to embody an archetype that's more of an avatar, a customized, personalized avatar that is going to help you get what you want, help you to bring love closer to you. Because it's not that you've been doing something wrong. It's not that there's something wrong with you. 
It's just that our society doesn't have a lot of role models, a lot of healthy role models for what authentic, embodied, passionate love looks like. And you probably grew up with parents who were playing out old stories or old narratives about patriarchal dominance, about submission, about whether or not you could be seen in your gifts and loved exactly for who you are. So we want to find this code, this key, this gateway from your current life experience to the type of love that you want to experience. And archetypes are a super fun way, an effective way to do that. So I'm going to give you some examples. One of my clients was in her 50s, is in her 50s. And when we started working together, she had come out of a few year long relationship. Before that, she had been married and she felt like she kept attracting the same sort of person the same type of of person who didn't really see her fullness, who wanted her to fit a role of being their girlfriend or their partner, but not allow her her depth and her mystery and, and her age. You know, she's living in a culture just like a lot of us where youth is prized and pretending you're younger than you are is also prized. And so we work together on what is this authentic truth that she wants to be seen in, that she wants to experience in herself and in the world. What is that she doesn't want to hide anymore? And she didn't want to hide her crone. She didn't want to hide this wise, deep part of her that was deeply boundaried and spoke the truth and was really in her power. She wanted to date men who saw her power and who worshipped her power instead of feeling like she had to hide that part of herself. So we work together on what is an avatar that will represent this fully passionate, alive, wise, deep, powerful woman. And what we came up with is silver as the first word because her hair had been turning silver and she decided she did not want to dye it anymore. She just wanted to embrace the silver and seductress because our society says if you're a crone, if you're an older woman, you can't be sexy. You can only be sexy if you look a certain way and if you're of a certain age. So as we worked with this silver seductress archetype and avatar that we created for her, she got to feel what it was like to be in the world, fully owning her age, her silverness, her her gray-haredness, but also the seductive part of her. And the way we worked with that was to see where does her silver seductress come alive in her body? And it wasn't in her her hips or in her genitals. It was actually in her upper heart, in her space between her heart and her throat. That's where she wanted to shine her wisdom and her radiance. And it makes sense because she had this big, beautiful, open heart, but she wasn't always able to set boundaries around that. She would fall into relationship sometimes quickly. And this throat, upper, upper heart, throat chakra area is our higher heart. It's about our higher purpose in the world and our bigger gifts, higher timelines that we're here to be on. But it's also about expression. So the silver seductress was expressive in her sensuality, but also in her needs. And she was unapologetic about who she is. So we worked on adorning that part of her with necklaces and scarves, moving her body in a way when she was out in public where she felt this beacon of light and energy through her higher heart, through her throat. And it was integrated, integrated with the rest of her body. But this was her touch point, her touch point to connect to this avatar of the silver seductress. So when she was dating and getting to know people, she would make sure to touch this part of her body, her higher heart or 
the lower part of her throat. She would adorn this part of her body. And we had worked together on different music that evoked the silver seductress, different tones of voice. I taught her how to speak from different parts of her body instead of just speaking from her mind. And it's really fun to realize that we have a lot more influence over our voice, its resonance, its tone, the language that it communicates beyond the words. We also talked about how this part of her, the silver seductress, would love, how it would show up on a date, how it would show up in intimacy, how it would show up in relationship. And it was a breakthrough for her to incorporate this part of her that had always wanted to be seen in relationship, but that she had always hid away. And through that experience, she became so much more open, radically more open, because she was no longer compartmentalizing parts of herself. She was really allowing her own unique life force energy to flow through her in a way that felt authentic, but also bold and also a little out of her comfort zone. And that's why a lot of us need, you know, mentors or coaches or guides or friends, because it sometimes feels scary to step into these energies that are a deep part of us, but which we haven't felt safe to fully express. The amazing thing is as she was doing this, she went from not really liking online dating or knowing how to use it to using it in really powerful ways. She felt empowered and emboldened to ask exactly for what she wanted, to not waste her time messaging for weeks and weeks on end without knowing if the person was going to be a real connection or a meaningful connection. She felt empowered to be expressed, to share her sensuality, to be a little more open in her photos and in her profile itself so that she could embody and express this silver seductress part of her. And she completely changed the notion that she had to look or act or be a certain way or be a certain age in order to find love. In fact, she had tons of people reaching out to her and connecting with her on the apps. And she was also meeting more people in real life too. And I was really proud of her because she took these steps in an integrated way. You know, I worked with her to create her profile. We created these new positive, empowering beliefs to go along with the Silver Seductress. I gave her a lot of the tools, but then she put them into place. And then she met someone really amazing and they started dating and had a great romance. Now, that relationship was a transformational, intense relationship that was a few years long and then ended. But I know that she has the toolkit that she needs to create her next iteration of love in an even deeper, bigger, healthier way. And that's the thing, is that when we do something to advance a part of our life, be it our love life, our business, our health, we can't predict the, uh, the outcome, the final outcome, because there is no final outcome. We're always changing and growing and evolving. And what ended that relationship was not the guy, it was her. It was her realizing that she wasn't getting all of her needs met, that she deserved something more. That even though it was painful to let this person go, it was more painful to not pay attention to that which she needed, to not honor these deep longings of her heart. So in some ways, it was the silver seductress who called in this great relationship. But it was also the silver seductress who said, no, I, I deserve more. I want more. I'm upgrading again. I'm going to call in an even healthier love, an even greater love. And for those of you listening who are like, oh, but I want the one. I want my one person. I personally feel that there are many different people that we could have an epic, lasting connection with. But it's about making healthy choices and then honoring those choices while also honoring ourselves. In this particular person's experience, she had to start minimizing herself or she would have been dishonoring herself if she would have stayed in the relationship. 
So the most self-loving thing for her to do is actually was actually to leave. But she carries with her these codes of the silver seductress. And I imagine that there's another avatar kind of waiting to be expressed and embodied and integrated for her next relationship. Now I'll give an example for myself because I use archetypes and avatars all the time. They're my favorite tool when there's something that I want and that it's just not happening. I think, well, what is the energy that will bridge who I am now and who I need to be to have this desire? And usually the energy that I need to step into is something that I have considered wrong or that I've judged or that has been taboo in my mind in some way. And a perfect example of that is when I was pregnant with my daughter, Ruby, I was really wanting a little more resource. I wanted more finances, of course, but also just more a sense of a nest and safety in the space we were creating for her nursery. And there was a part of me that just wanted more, you know, that's the feathering the nest sort of energy. And I wanted more practically and tactically in order to feel prepared to bring baby in. And the energy that I realized I needed to embody, but I was also scared of, was the Black Widow. And I think of the Black Widow as someone who will take whatever she needs and wants, even if it means that at the end of all that, she has to kill her lover. Of course, I was not going to kill Jason. I was not actually going to do this. But there's an energy that's a little bit selfish or ruthless or empowered or entitled, or I'm going to take what I want and I don't care the consequences. I don't like that energy in my day-to-day -day life. It doesn't feel good to me, but I can see the power in that. And I could see how I needed just a touch of that in order to feel more confident in getting my needs met and having what I needed to bring this baby in. So during lovemaking with my husband, we would talk about it and I would dress in all black and I would wrap my legs around him like a black widow spider and, you know, be just kind of dark feminine and imagine like sucking from him everything that I needed in order to feel full of resources for this child, for our family. And it was so much fun. You know, that was a safe space for me to explore and embody this archetype. I talked about it with him. He was down for it. He thought it sounded fun and interesting. And then I started bringing that more into my day-to-day -day life too. I started dressing a little bit more in black, you know, wearing black leggings and a long black robe. I started to really get into this belief that, of course, I deserve to have everything I need. That's not selfish. It's holy. I'm, I'm doing it on behalf of my child. I want my child to have everything they need as they come into the world. And it's not um, societally approved to be so like sucking up of resources, but I was doing it in a discreet, mindful way in order to embody this protective mama, this I will do whatever it takes for my child energy. And I just want to give one other example of one of my clients I'm currently working with who is working a lot with the energy of the orphan and the queen. So both claiming her power, claiming that queen-like, grounded, sovereign, wise energy, but without losing her vulnerability. And that's what a lot of people that I work with struggle with is, how can I claim my power, set healthy boundaries, maintain and adhere to my vision, to my vision without settling? But how can I keep my heart open and how can I really deeply receive what I need from the universe and from men. Oh, like, how can I balance these two energies within me? So in that case, we worked with where in her body did she feel an orphan? Where in the body did she feel the queen? 
And we created a dance, a movement between these two energies so that she could feel the flow of both her queen and her orphan in any given moment and know when to dial it up or dial it down depending on what she felt and depending on the situation. So she had a belief that power was was too much, was going to be too much for others. So I helped her with this orphan queen archetype to remember that her power is sourced from within. It's never too much for others when it's done with an open heart. And she was afraid of being the orphan because it just felt overwhelming in terms of neediness. And I helped her realize that neediness is a, is a virtue. Like being able to receive help, being in contact with our needs is the anecdote to this fiercely independent woman who thinks she can do everything herself, but then feels deeply lonely. So it was this combination of working with the orphan queen. And by the way, this is a very common blend that I work with a lot of my clients on, and you might feel inspired to work with it yourself too. But it was this blend of vulnerability and power that really helped her to feel even more confident dating and flirting with people and going out and being seen in public in both her power and in her vulnerability. So I just wanted to give you those three examples of how working with an archetype and a specific avatar to you and your needs and your vision and your journey can really help catalyze new experiences in the world. As I mentioned, I think we need more practice, more embodiment when it comes to coaching and changing our lives than just mindset shifts. Although mindset shifts are an important part of it, they're not the whole thing. And one thing I'm really passionate about is coming up with these creative, unique, nuanced avatars for the women that I work with and the men too. You know, I haven't gone as deep in this podcast about the men I work with, but I do work with men privately and in my group program, Radiant Love, and they have archetypes of their own that they're working with. They have archetypes that are allowing them a bigger, fuller expression because in our society, we've mainly just said that men can either be you know, like a CEO and powerful, or they can be a warrior and hard and violent, or they can be an artist and ephemeral and, you know, creative, but we don't give them the permission or the reward to be none of those things, you know, to be something that's much more rich and deep and earthy. And um, it's hard to even put into words, you know, to be this regenerative, wild, lusty, but still respectful masculine. And so I've worked with clients on, it almost feels like a bit of a pink panther energy meets like a tree energy, <laughs> this rooted but rising up energy mixed with kind of the uh, mysterious pink panther. And the client that I worked with on that was someone who didn't feel always that they could be as grounded as they wanted to be. They had felt like they had to people please or that they had to go with what other people wanted. So it was important for them to find their roots, that deep tree energy. But they also felt like they had to be literal all the time. And the pink panther energy helped them to be a little more mysterious and artistic and seductive and, and unique, right? Like pink. Pink is not an energy we normally associate with masculinity, but this person, they did pink in their life in a way that felt really erotic, really really phallically erotic. So playing with these taboos and changing up our societal expectations is liberating, not just for an individual, but for all of us. Because when we experience that energy in another person, it unlocks possibility within us about how we can be and what partnership can look like and what masculine or feminine energy or even just non-gendered identity can look like. So my point is that 
I love helping people practice these things. And if you're curious, like, huh, I wonder what archetype or avatar will help me draw love closer to me. You can think about, well, what energies am I judging or finding taboo in myself or in society? What is it that I'm afraid to express? Where in my body am I longing to be seen? And what sort of energy would be both a vibrational match for the type of person I want to attract, but also what would be the opposite? Because opposites attract, so we have to be able to play to the opposite of what we want. But similarity binds, so we also have to find the similarity to that, the similarity to the type of energy we're looking for. And if all of this is really exciting to you and you would like to learn more, you can always reach out to me. If you go to violetling.com forward slash talk, you can set up a breakthrough to love session. If there are no spaces available, you can just email me at violet at violetling.com. But I'm also launching my group program, Radiant Love, which is a co-ed container for men and women where you get to practice archetypes, where I lead you through different archetypes to embody, that you get to do these in safe, sacred breakout rooms with another person. You get to be seen in these new expressions of yourself and in your deepest longings and in the nuances of these different energies that you're trying to both embody but also attract into your life. There's tons of practice beyond the archetypes, including communication, vulnerability, working through conflict, asking for commitment, intimacy on physical and practical and emotional levels, and so much more. I also do activations, which are about energetic transmissions that you can listen to again and again and again to open your mind, your body, and your heart to radiant love, which to me is about the expressive, active, empowered, fiery, beautiful, transformative love that can change not only ourselves, but also the world and create a world that's a lot more embodied, expressive, accepting, loving, kind, and passionate. So if you're curious about Radiant Love, you can also email me at violet at violetlink.com. And if we don't have any spots left for this upcoming cohort, then I will put you on the list for the next one. I do this program usually once a year or maybe twice a year this year, depending, um, depending on how things flow. And just so you know, in the past, people who have done Radiant Love program have met a new partner, have moved in with an existing partner, have strengthened their existing relationship and intimacy, because by the way, Radiant Love is open for couples and singles too. They have found their dream home. They have found an amazing new job. There's so much that opens and is catalyzed when we work in this collaborative co-ed way, this expansive, both spiritual and practical way. So you might find that doing radiant love and doing these archetypes brings exactly what you need in love, but you may also find that it brings something to you financially or career-wise or creatively that you weren't expecting. And that's a beautiful benefit that I find all of my clients receive is that we unlock not just love, but everything else that is good and that wants to flow to us and through us. So I hope that we stay connected about radiant love and about these avatars and archetypes. Feel free to share with me any archetypes or avatars that you are working on now, and I will catch you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in and turning on for healthy love, because better relationships mean more power, more creativity, and a better planet. If you want more love, pleasure, and power in your life, go to violetlang.com forward slash talk 